the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast, the Green Room Edition. This is the show where we talk about deep, not devious, ADI and PDI specific topics. I'm getting ahead of myself there. And um, look at the latest news going on within our industry. Uh, as always, I am your, your splendid host, Terry Cook. And thankfully, uh, for you guys at least, it isn't just me. We're joined by someone of equal to greater stature in, in Chris Spencer. How are we doing, Chris? All is good. They get the combined chaos of the two of us. Watch it be mundane now for this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, so uh, well, let's dive straight into the news. Uh, so the biggest news topic of, uh, well, since the last Green Room, so the biggest news topic of this month is the fact that at the Intelligent Instructor and ADI NJC Expo on the 2nd of October, the Instructor Podcast will be recording its 100th episode live at the Expo. I think that is some tremendous news, and um, and yeah. So, uh, Chris, how do you feel about the Instructor Podcast recording its 100th episode live at the Intelligent Instructor and ADI NJC Expo? Awesome. Uh, it'd be great. It'd be interesting to see what you do and who you speak to. So, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to it. I'm hoping I'm, hoping I'm going to be able to be there, but I might have to dodge you if you're waving your microphone at people. <laughs> You, uh, you're not quite as excited as I'd hoped you'd be. <laughs> but either way, I'll tell you what was interesting, though. I was kind of thinking about that before we started recording, and that I thought, I'll say that as a joke. But And it was kind of said in jest, but then I thought, do you know what? If... if, if if I wasn't me doing it, then I would be talking about it in that sense, thinking, oh, that's quite cool that there's an actual podcast being recorded live at the event. And I think, no, it's pretty cool. It's worth a little mention and obviously a little plug as well. So if you are going to the expo on the 2nd of October, make sure you come down. I am probably going to be in the smallest room available, um, which is fine by me, um, because on one hand, the fewer people that watch me completely balls up live, the better. However, I would like to pack the room. So if you're down there, come and find me. Come and watch me. I have got a very special competition lined up. I'm not 100% sure what the actual competition will be yet, but I will tell you the prize, which is a 12-month subscription to my premium content free of charge. You'll get that free of charge. I'm not sure what the competition yet. Maybe I'll ask you to uh, take a selfie with me and, and chuck it on social media or something like that. I don't know. But you'll have to come down and see me, and I'm getting some special pens made up as well. As for the guests, um, we, we I can't confirm it just yet, but uh, I have put requests in for people, so we're just waiting to see who they are. Uh, but then Star Fox, you know what? It would have been quite cool to actually get you on, Chris. Maybe get uh, get you on and, and get like a, a couple of... But either way, uh, yeah, I'll put you as a reserve just in case. If they all say no, you mean you'll give me a shout and see if I'm going to be there. No, no, you are... High- <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's the... Um, the breaking news, obviously. So, like I said, uh, A, come to the expo because you get to see me. I'm also going to be uh, hosting one of the panels down there as well, which I will tell you now is absolutely nerve-wracking for me. Uh, that's going to be in front of actual people, and you are going to see me just go bright red and uh, waffle and try not to insult anyone. So, yes, go to the expo, watch me make a fool myself, but spread the love for the Instructor Podcast while you're down there. Uh, There has been some news, uh, not a massive amount, but enough to record a podcast about. Uh, And the first one uh, I'm going to mention is the... uh, 
the highway could, and I think it's worth mentioning, it's just around some updated driving sentences for uh, sentences for driving offences. So I'll kind of just touch on this briefly. Um, basically, the penalties for causing death by dangerous driving and causing death by careless driving under the influence of drink and drugs. Now, that's they both increased from 14 years to life imprisonment. That's a maximum sentence, increased from 14 years to life imprisonment. And there's an obligatory disqualification period for both incentives as increased from two years to five years. Um, so you'll be disqualified for at least five years if either of those things occur. And a new driving offence has been created, which is um, causing serious injury by dangerous driving, which carries a maximum penalty of two years imprisonment and an unlimited fine and an, ob- I can't say the word, obligatory um, driving disqualification. Uh, so worth mentioning, uh, any thoughts on that, Chris, or is it pretty much the same as me, which is good? Yes, I you know, good. We sh- it should be more reflective um, of, of what's actually happened. I, I think every situation has to be looked at from both sides of it and from the, you know, the, with the individual circumstances, but it, it's got having it available to them to, as a you know conviction is, has got to be a good thing. Um, I, the problem is it doesn't change anything for you or I, because we wouldn't have taken a lot of those risks in the first place. Cause that's not who we are. Um, so it will be interesting to see whether those that are, you know, less risk averse will respond in any way to to the additional punishment that is potentially on on the end of it. So, I don't think it will work as a deterrent at all because I don't think that the people that are doing it anyway really care about that. No one goes out with the well. I'd like to think no one goes out with the intention of, of causing serious harm or of an accident, but I also think that if you if you are you know, driving that recklessly anyway, you're not going to be put off by a, a bit of a stronger sentence. But I am pleased that there is a stronger sentence there, so it might not be a deterrent, but at least the punishment is is greater. Anything else to add on that? No, I, I think it's exactly that, isn't it? It it doesn't undo what was done. Um, and if, if someone is, you know, is, is the, the sort of person who you, you, you said doesn't care, I think often doesn't, realize the real risk I, I think it's it's not on their radar it, it care suggests a level of understanding and, and of thought put into it i don't think it even goes that far in a lot of cases um that yeah i, I don't think it's going to make any any odds um and it doesn't undo what was done so i think we all just agree to keep fighting the fight and not let people get there in the first place yeah. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll put a pin in that one then, and we will look at some of the news that has gone on over the last month. And I think it's largely kind of DVSA-focused. Um, you know, often it is on this show, because that's where the news comes from. But I think it's a bit more... I'd, well, I'd like to think it's a bit more positive this time than we sometimes talk about. You know, they released their, their Ready to Pass campaign. Uh, they also promoted that in a little bit differently to what they normally do. They've appeared on... Well, I say they... Um, Graham O'Brien, the Assistant Chief Driving Examiner at 
has been promoting that by uh, he appeared on this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. It was a bonus episode that was out on Thursday, the 28th. Um, so yeah, go back and check that out. They also appeared on Dipod. So make sure you go and check out as well. And they're both very different episodes. And to the best of my understanding, there is actually a second episode of Dipod coming out after this will be released. So keep your eyes peeled for, ears peeled even, uh, for that as well. So yeah, they're ready to pass campaign, the way they're promoting it, but also the, the sort of the annual review uh, came out. So uh, thankfully, Chris, before we started, you did tell me how some notes, because usually when uh, I come on and do these shows, I've got like two full A4 pages of notes, and uh, today I have none. Uh, it's been one of those weeks slash days. So uh, yes, a uh, little bit flying on the seat of my pants, but we'll be all good. So let's let's touch on this ready-to-pass campaign to begin with. Let's kind of look at the, the overview of this what are your initial thoughts on this from a personal perspective? I think uh, I like the campaign. I think it's good. The The actual visuals of it are good. Uh, as, as, as you said on the previous podcast, um, that not everyone's going to like it because some people are going to hate it, whether it was you know, covered in gold um, or you know, if they'd written it themselves, they'd still say they hated it. Um, but... It's the joy of the job, isn't it? Driving instructors. But it's, I think that that the actual campaign's really good. Possibly some of it, the things that are coming out that when you pass your theory test, you get, you know, in, in, inside of that or, or with that, um, is, is a bit late in the game. I'd, I'd like to see it going out with provisional licenses, um, which from experience I know is difficult because that's DVLA territory, but you would have thought they could come to some arrangement. Um, it would be nice if, if they were getting in that little bit earlier. The the controversy, if if that's not overstating it, seems to be that they want us to shout the message out. Brilliant. <laughs> Make ourselves more visible. You know, show that we're working in tandem with the DVLA, um, actually be part of the solution. I'm finding it very difficult to to find something I don't I don't like. I, I some of it is is too test focused, but they're, they're the minimum standards agency that, that that's their job. Um, so they are test focused in in that way it, because it's focusing on the pass and not anything afterwards. Uh, safe driving for life, I I believe, has taken a bit of a back seat um, because they're they're firefighting, but we want them to be. Uh, I think we're beginning to see the results of some of the changes that they've made. So if this is doing it great, my negative, two, two negatives are with regards to the text message that is being sent out. It's got pass rate at the test centre. So it says that, you know, your test is at um, whichever test centre, pass rate is 60%. They've said on the website 51 in 100 fail, but because the pass rate's gone up, the COVID symptom of pass rate going up, people have had more experience. Experience equals higher pass rate. Um, I think that's misleading, and I don't get the benefit of a a candidate knowing it's a 61% pass rate Um, at that test centre. It almost pits the test centres against each other. And then on the one that we got for our local test centre, it said the waiting list is five weeks. We haven't seen a test available um, on the Monday release date for at least three of the weeks. 
I don't know where they get five weeks from. I'd like to know a bit more about that, but maybe it's the usual story of lack of communication about that figure rather than actually it not being a good thing. Uh, maybe I just don't understand yet. Uh, I look forward to, um, yeah, to, to having that understanding. The overview, yeah, I thought it was really good. I say I, I like the social stuff. I, we, we shared all of it, and um, there were some positive, yeah, likes from people that it was relevant to. So it was connecting. Just before I kind of share my thoughts on that, uh, I think I want to ask you just to clarify one thing because you spoke there about minimum standards. And we've spoke about that previously. And I know sometimes I'm guilty of forgetting that I get new listeners sometimes. So do you just want to tell anyone, you know, people listening what you mean when you're talking about minimum standards? Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, thank you. Uh, the DVSA's job is minimum standards because they set what that minimum bar is. You need to achieve this to, you know, to, to be, be successful. They don't, actually do anything that is is based on achieving a maximum going past that minimum level and for me um and you know the reason the ditc has been created is it's down to us to to fight for those maximum standards and to decide what they are um and that isn't in any way shape or form criticizing the dbsa because it's that is their job Their, their job is to decide you know what is the minimum requirement that, that we need? Um, and we need them there for, the, for that. I think the problem is we've often looked at them for more than that. Um, and, and a good example would be I want them to make the audit register, you know, to make trainers a mandatory requirement rather than anyone can train someone to be an ADI because we'll get better instructors from it. So, you know, that, that's something that we've wanted. And I know the DVSA want, but that means that mandatory needs to, or the audit register or whatever it becomes, needs to be the minimum standard. And that, you know, that means raising standards from the bottom up. Um, I'd rather have higher standards in the industry so we don't really have to worry about the minimum. Um, it looks after itself. Um, I, I think they are complementary and supportive of each other. Uh, it's definitely not not a criticism i've got some but it's not one of them i think uh we've just found a future episode there um the difference between minimum and maximum standards is there such a thing as maximum standards or can we only ever improve but yeah i think that with minimum like you look at the driving tests i suppose is a good example uh you need to get no more than 15 driver faults and no serious or dangerous faults that's the minimum standard you need to pass your test it doesn't matter whether you get 15 or zero driver faults you know, that you've got your minimum there. And like you said, it's not necessarily in a derogatory way. They for the the, the the purpose they serve, they need to set those 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 rules. Um so yeah, I just felt you know, sometimes I think I'm guilty of forgetting we need to clarify some stuff for maybe people that haven't caught all the previous episodes. But but back onto the um the Are You Ready to Pass campaign. What's it called? Ready to pass it's got a brilliant website name, ready to pass.campaign.gov.uk. So essentially you need to click a link because I'm not typing that in. Um, but I will put it in the show notes for anyone who hasn't checked it out. I've got a couple of queries around this and, and I am gonna put a caveat on this. I do love a gov caveat. If anyone's heard the interview I did with uh, Graham O'Brien recently, you'll have heard me put a couple of queries around this on there. 
I could have sports a grip easily for another couple of hours. And to be fair, he probably would have sports me for another couple of hours. He was very, very generous of his time. But um, I think we're both starting to get a little bit tired after 90 minutes, uh, as, as both me and you can attest to, Chris, sometimes with these recordings. <laughs> So, yeah, if I mentioned something here that I didn't mention, then that's why, you know, there are time constraints sometimes. But one thing I'm going to query here is check you're ready to take the test. This is uh, one of the, the, the criteria on there. Check you're ready to take the test. You'll usually be ready when, number one, you do not need help or prompts from your driving instructor. I think that makes sense. I think I'm in full agreement with that. Would you agree with that, Chris? I, I don't like the wording. Um, because the this is where it gets test focused. That suggests that we can't help them anymore, and therefore our job is finished. And I like to believe in a world where we don't just stop at the driving test. So there's I, I appreciate it is focused on 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 the passing and the test and everything else. I I just think that you don't need help from your driving instructor. Um, I, I it, it grated on me, I have I have to say. Let's put a pin in the test focus thing for now. Uh, we will come back to it, I promise. Um, but I think that this is test focused. It, it's ready to pass is is literally test focused. I think um, even on the record, you know, we'll come back to the podcast shortly. But I think you know, Graham even not fully endorsed that, but accepted that the wording and the, the direction of it was test-focused. It was just looking beyond that as well. So I think that, you know, they're talking about passing your test, so I, I, I personally have a concern with that. Um, there is a couple I have a concern with, one of which is the next one. Uh, number two, you do not make silly mistakes when you are driving. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I did today. Um, you know, I think the difference and and is as an experienced driver. So today, I tried setting off in third gear, uh, and I felt it immediately. So the car didn't stop. I just put it in first. The car behind probably wouldn't have even noticed. It might have added two seconds on to my takeoff time at the lights. But yeah, people make silly mistakes. I think that needs to be clarified a little bit more. Yeah. In fact, the expanded bit. Uh, you need to be a good driver to pass a driving test. If you regularly make silly mistakes during your driving lessons, you're not ready to take and pass your driving test. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh there because it does then expand and say regularly. So I suppose if you're making it regularly, again, define regularly. Uh, maybe I'm being a little bit nitpicky there. And do you not think that the being able to, to manage and uh, deal with silly mistakes is actually, you know, we, otherwise we're looking for us all to be perfect. And, and I think actually that's, that's my thing on the help is, is the fact that, um, you know, there's our judgment in there as well and, and we're supporting all the way up to the day. It, it's it's not specific enough, um, but we've been there. That's We almost expect it. Yeah. The next one, so number three, you pass every mock test you do. I'm really picky with this one because if you – if your if the criteria you're setting, I'm very I'm oh God, I apologize for this in advance, right? But if the criteria you're setting is pass every mock test you do, that means if you do a mock test and fail, you're never allowed to take a driving test. Because you could fail your first one, pass an X7, but the criteria you've set is pass every one. Um so I think just in terms of the, the technicalities of the wordage used, I don't think that's ideal. 
And and I think there's a lot of instructors that that still feel, even with the new DVSA interventions with mock testing, that we shouldn't let them pass because we want to hold them to that higher standard. Um, that actually we we want to give them the things to focus on. That when you say you're really good, it often goes wrong. So sometimes being like, yeah, all right, we you know how to work on that, and we can. The pass isn't necessarily the thing. The the mock test is about, and this is what the DVSA have said, the process and the experience of it. So they know what they're going into. You don't have to have passed it to to do that. So, I yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not as sure about that. Yeah, and and I think that you know controlling those nerves. And this kind of ties in with the next one a little bit. You know, if you. I always think if I can get my students up to a night level of like a nine or a 10 out of 10, if the nerves affect them a bit on the test, they're going to drop down to maybe a seven or 10, seven or eight out of 10. Whereas if they're going in at a seven or eight out of 10 and they're dropping down to a five out of 10 and that's not great. Yes. So if we do judge on that higher standard, maximum versus minimum, if we do judge on that higher standard, what's giving them a a better chance to pass and B a better chance after the test, hopefully so whilst I get what the point is there, I don't necessarily think that one is worded brilliantly. Yeah. Um, the next two, I think, uh, I, I think I agree with, and I'm sure you would as well. And as far as you can control your nerves, I like the wording on that. Yes. I, I yes, you should be able to if you can control your nerves at all. You probably shouldn't be driving at that point. Um, you want to get to a point where you can control them, and it, that might be something that we can help with as instructors. Or it might be something you have to go some uh, something a little bit deeper with, with maybe a professional in that area. Um, but yeah, I think controlling your nerves makes sense. Would you Would you agree? Yes, and I like the fact that they're almost um, giving you permission to have the nerves as long as as long as you can do something about it and you can put strategies in place, which is what driving is all about. And then this next one, I do agree with, but. There's always a but. Uh, number five, your driving instructor says you're ready. So, yes, I agree with that. I do think that, uh, yes, they need us to say you're ready, but I do think they're missing a key thing there, which is that they think they're ready. And I know that kind of sounds obvious, but, you know, I've had students in the past where I think they're ready, but they don't think they are. And then part of my job is to get them thinking they're ready. Yeah, and, and I, again, with that one, I would say it's about agreement. That, that your driving instructor agrees that you are ready. So, so again, and it's, it's us having that teamwork thing, isn't it? That, that all, all good instructors have an element of, of us working together on an equal level because they are putting that work in and you know, they're achieving it. It's that agreement thing. And, and that is, you know, for all of those, my criticisms are with the wording, not with the message. Um, there's just little things that you kind of think – it depends how it's going to be read um, and how it's going to be interpreted. Uh, and, you know, I, I agree with the message of, of all of them. Okay. Uh, so we'll come back in a minute with the talk about the search driving for life, whether it's been test focused or not, and uh, maybe even the pass rates. Uh, test that has been uh, publicised. Can only found that out today. Not publicised, promoted almost to the students. But before we do that, we may as well take a moment to set the table. So, Chris... Do you want to just tell everybody how much of a wonderful human you are and how awesome and why the DITC are awesome? Um, I, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll let people decide whether it's wonderful <laughs> or not, um, but I am human. 
um, contrary to popular belief. So I founded, along with my uh, business partner, uh, Ian Brett, the Driving Instructor and Trainers Collective, the DITC. You can find it at theditc.co.uk. And we are working towards being, because I agree with Terry, you can't get there, but that's the point, um, the home of maximum standards of expanding the industry, not just to how to turn left and right, but to work with the needs of the individual uh, to support pupils and instructors um, and all of those things that we have learned some real lessons from the whole COVID lockdown scenario that we are all human. So that's one of the really good points. Um, And that it's a job uh, and a lifestyle and we should have some control over over how that works. Um, so we're 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 there to support instructors. That, that's that's what what we do um, as instructors ourselves. I think um, one day I might get us to introduce each other on the show. <laughs> that could be fun. Um, but yes, uh, you appreciate you joining me, Chris. Chris is a regular on the green room. I think we've finally settled into, settled into a room with us. Uh, they come out on the last day of every month for a review of the news from the month. We weren't going to do one this month, but yeah, it seems you're missed not. So there's a little bit of news and uh, and it gives me an excuse to chance to chat to chris uh but yes uh, highly recommend the ditc go check them out six pound a month more than get your money's worth and um and yes but as for me as i'm sure you're aware i am terry cook i'm the host and creator and founder of the instructor podcast heading towards episode 100 which uh, if you heard at the start of the show you'll know that's now being recorded live at the instructor expo which will be released if my maths is correct on the 9th of october so almost 100 episodes in as well as that, I host the Instructor Podcast Premium, where for an extra £10 a month, you get a whole host of content, including the free new shows that I have got on over there, one of which is with San Harper, where we are talking about how mindfulness can help ADIs and learners. Uh, I have Bob Morton over there, where we are looking at how we can become better driving instructors, and I have Robin Bates over there who is helping us grow our driving school audience first three episodes went up in july and we've got another three coming up in august that is on top of all the regular content where i chuck out at least two episodes every month and uh, we've also got a bonus one coming out which is the green room extra so every time we record an episode of the green room we uh, do a little extra bit at the end which i don't know what chris is going to tell me but he will give me a topic and we have to discuss it and that gets thrown over there as well there's also some video content going up over there some of my guys have asked for video so that goes up over there as well and you get some lovely discounts for places like client center learning the adi pdi doctor uh, san harple's mindfulness and even go roadie so for 10 pounds a month i think you more than get your money's worth however if you don't want that extra content and all that kind of stuff that is fine by me you are more than welcome to just get the most out of these podcasts all i ask as a little favor is that you tell people about it and share it because i want to reach as many people as we can but that is me and uh that is the end of us setting the table so let's dive back in to what we were talking about which was the uh, test focus so are you ready campaign it is literally test focus. The, the wording of it is test focus. There's, there's no way to get around that. Um, I spoke to Graham O'Brien recently on the podcast, and he said, 
kind of admitted that that the wording is test focused and obviously and I did like this he did state yes they want to improve the pass rate they want the pass rate to increase that is part of it but he also put quite a compelling argument as to how that would help after your test speaking a lot about the idea about it being um, the independent drive aspect so you, you've got no help at all which we can't replicate but we can try but is this too test focused, Chris? Is it is it necessary? Should it be part of? Should it be out there, or should it all be focused on safe driving for life? Does it have to be this test focused? Because I I don't think it necessarily does. I get the point of it is focused on the test, but actually, if safe driving for life is still the thing, then. At the point at which they're taking the test, they should be ready for the life after the test. So I'm not convinced it's quite so black and white. Um, I I had a fascinating conversation um, at at the risk of going totally off at a tangent because I know you love them. Um, Had a fascinating conversation with a PDI earlier who'd had a bit of an issue on his first attempt at, at part three. And... Um, my my understanding of it, because it, it was a brief part of a long conversation, was that he'd taken a full license holder and the criticisms were that they were a full license holder, so they should be, they've passed the DVSA standard, so they should be treated like a full license holder. Shouldn't have L plates on the car. Shouldn't have um, the the need for the help. But actually, if that individual does have that need for the help, if the L plates keep us all a bit safer because they highlight the fact there's someone who might do something stupid because of stress, confidence, whatever it might be, inexperience, whatever it might be, they might have been lucky on the test day. They might not be at that magical standard that we want. They might have scraped it. So, um, you know, though the DVSA approach to that was you've passed the test so you've got to be you've got to be on that side of the fence we know that's not necessarily true and we hopefully are all aiming for that that extra bit where they do feel confident where it's not now i'm going to learn to drive and i know we we've all heard that um i had a, a parent said it today actually um that well they all learn to drive after they pass their test and i really want to scream every time i hear it so I'm not 100% on the fact that it is black and white, this is this is test, and therefore safe driving for life is moved to one side. I do agree from, I will say it once because we're not going to big it up um, here, the awesome podcast that you did with Graham from the DVSA. Um, I, I absolutely loved it, but um, I... You, you held them to account in a way that was polite, professional, and, and means you're probably not a driving instructor. Um, so, you know, but he, as he, he covered on there, that the moves towards it being more about real life, the fact that, you know, you, you can get away with things that would have been a stupid fail before, never really made sense, and therefore meant you were teaching differently to how they were going to be driving. What makes it safe driving for life is where we hold it to. Whether we aim for the minimum standard 
or whether we actually say, okay, the skills we're going to teach are going to be realistic, are going to be useful, and we're going to be able to move them forwards. So I, it doesn't sit hugely comfortably with me when it is it's focused on that because it almost ends up being well after their test you can't we can't teach them anything they can't benefit from being with us and then on on the theory test it's still saying we should be still be doing pass plus so where does pass plus then sit one of the uh, things that Bob Morton talks about a lot, and if you don't know Bob Morton, go check out his episodes on, on the Instructor Podcast. He's an amazing chap, uh, very insightful, talks a lot, but very insightful. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Um, but he really, really drums home that idea of being quiet, of, of ask a question, shut up. And I used to be quite bad at that. And one of the great things about shutting up is when you ask a question, you get a really good answer and you get to hear all the answer. And then you get to go, oh, I'm going to come back to that and come back to that. And you get some some stuff to pick up. Um, and, and I just want to come back to what you said about the, the L plates on the car. And this is just out of curiosity, because if that's been raised as a point, was it like sort of normal L plates or was it signage on the car? Uh, it was it was L plates on the car. You know, this thing of... Um, uh, and. Uh, I've never quite understood it. There's always been a bit of a hoo-ha that if you're doing a, if, if you're doing a, a part two or something, L plate should be covered up. So if you are a full license holder, it's a DVSA test. There shouldn't be an L plate. Um, it, they should be crossed out or covered or removed if you can. Um, so it, it was it was a you know a legitimate L plate as you would have with a learner. Because I just think with that. It, it... And I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure most of the public is. If you see, you know, was it a, a liveried up car that's got driving scrutiny all over it, I don't know it's the L plates. And there's just a tiny little white corner, little white square in the corner that doesn't stand out because all you can see is like learner driving school blooded all over. So mm-hmm. even if you cross the L plates out, you're still seeing it's that. So whether you cover them up or put a red line for as I've seen some people do, um, it's almost. Irrelevant. I don't know. That genuinely seems really petty to me. It's that thing of what does that L plate mean? It means they're likely to to make errors, and we should we should allow for that. Well, we've already said that we make errors. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're in a good position as driving instructors, having L plates on our car all day long. Um, it covers us for that. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just it feels wrong. Uh, you also mentioned about the old um, you learn to drive when you pass your test. It's my, yeah. If if a, a student says that, I know we're having a 10-minute chat, and I know that chat is me ranting for 10 minutes as well. <laughs> but I often, you know, if anyone says it, my go-to is always, well, what are you paying me for then? It seems pointless you're paying me if you're going to learn to drive after you pass your test. And you kind of need to drive to pass your test. So there you go. I tackle that the other way around. I get the diary out and I say, so once they've passed their test, how many lessons would you like to book? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and actually my job then therefore should begin at the, the test. And why do they not have, because that's what I want. I want them to have lessons afterwards. And I get more and more people that, that are admittedly, you know, I'm without a car now and, and my life's changed a little bit. But when I was with the car, um, sorry for anyone who's, not not um, a, a regular, and you should be. I hope you are now. Um, I do theory training uh, for ninety percent at least of my of my week. And um, but before, when I was out in the car, I was getting more and more people 
after test, they would book in for lessons following because I was treating it as the norm and therefore they just followed suit. So it does work. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I would concur. I think it's, um, I think a lot of this and, and a lot of public uh, and, and the stuff we talk about comes down to attitude. It's people assume they have the right to drive. It's a right, not a privilege. And once they pass a test, they can go and do what they want. And, you know, and I think that you speak to most driving instructors and they'll, or most of them, I think, will say the same thing. I was like that until I became an instructor. So we we know what it's like. You know, it's not like suddenly, it's not like you've always been perfect and then you become an instructor or, or whatever. Um, so I think we have to work on that mindset, that shift a little bit. And I think all we can do is talk about it. And the more we talk about it, the more... Uh, we will get criticism. We will get people moaning. You know, I go back to um, driving instructor day, uh, and there was a little bit of criticism around that. People, moan, why do you get? A-? It's like, well, whatever. We're still going to talk about it because a positive fire with the negative. You know, when uh, sometimes I put these podcasts out, I talk about stuff, and it's you'll get people complaining about it. But generally, the positive outweighs the negative. And the more you put stuff out, the more people see it. It will have an impact, even if it takes long term. But bringing it back to what we're talking about, the the ready-to-pass campaign and being test-focused, I think it is. There's there's no way around that. Um, If you put that in front of a learner and said, you know, what's this about? It's about the driving test. That's what it's about. I do think, and I only thought of this today, admittedly, uh, because I did go back through and read it, but I think there's, there's almost an easy fix with some of this stuff. You know, so the, there was, you know, the, what was it? Um, I'm going back to my five points. You do not make silly, oh no, uh, you do not need help or prompts from your driving instructor because they won't be there after the tests to prompt you. I think it's quite an easy fix to say you need this for the test, but you also need it for after the test because then you're not only saying that you need to do it to pass, you're also saying you need to do it to drive. And I think that they maybe missed a little bit of a trick there in that it would have been quite easy to make it about the driving test, but also show how it affects your driving afterwards. You know, if you can't control your nerves, what are you going to be like when you get to Birmingham City Centre and you've never driven there before and they've closed the road that you need to go on and then you wind up in Middle East City Centre at five o'clock on a Friday rush hour when it's raining and dark. You know, how are you going to manage that if you can't control your nerves? So I, I do think that maybe they missed a little bit of a trick there. Which, which I suppose I, I hadn't realised how important it was that they've gone with ready to pass rather than ready to take your test. So... You know, may, maybe there is a little bit of a, um, you know, it shows that thought that, that, you know, maybe there was a brainstorming session on on that important fact that they, they're trying to reflect that in the title. Um, and that is about, about the passing, not the testing. Um, you know, so, so yeah, no, I think that's a really valid point. Just on a, a little personal note, I did do a little, almost a, a little fist punch you know pump the air because i, I hadn't realized it and i don't know why i hadn't realized it and it was only when on the the podcast Graham mentioned it, that they cited san harper specifically about the mindfulness I'm like yes 
they've, they've mentioned San and, you know, I'm always pleased for that. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't checked out San Harper, go and check her out for all the mindfulness stuff. Uh, and I, re- I trivialise it by calling that, but that's not what the podcast's about, um, the mindfulness stuff. Um, yeah, so but the other thing you mentioned there, and, and again, I'd forgotten this because I only found out today, was the um, uh, the pass rates. They've always been public. I know there's a, a lag on them. They do obviously have to do it retrospectively. So they've always been public. I genuinely don't know how I feel about them being sent to the students. I think I would be more concerned the other way. So, for example, you get the student that gets the, the thing saying the test center's got a 30% pass rate. Yes, it might make the student a little bit more nervous, but hopefully that would also make them up the game a little bit, which is probably the goal. I would be more concerned for the test centers with a high pass rate. It's like 60% of people pass, and that student's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll, everyone passes here then. I've got a great chance. Um, so... I, I don't know how I feel about that one. I'm guessing you're a little bit more on the, the, the negative side. I I don't understand. Um, I think it literally, that's where I sit at the moment. I don't know why they're telling them. I, what's the point? It, 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 the pass rate, this is the same as when they ask us. I, I don't care what my pass rate is. Um, I do the best for every individual that I work with and that person does as well as they can at that moment in time. Hopefully it's all successful, but it, the, the, the overall rate is the collection of, of people. So it it's, if it's about mindset and attitude, they can only, you can do you um, and you can look after you. Same as on the road. You know, you've got to do the best in the situation that you're in. I, I just, I don't genuinely don't get it. Um, I, I, I can't see why that's important, unless it's to put people off in some way. Um, that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it's like on on the on the uh, ready to pass site. It says, um, if you're not ready, put your test back by a few weeks so that you've got time to brush it up. Has anyone tried putting it back by a few weeks? Unless you're lucky enough to have an instructor who, who's got um, potentially OBS access and is booking tests or a number of pupils that they can juggle around and time to stay on hold to the DVSA to do so, which is a real, a real pain, um, then it's, a few weeks isn't the decision. It's you know it, it's potentially a couple of months if you know and, and that's possibly being optimistic. So I, I just I'm I'm not quite sure why. That's all. I mean, again, that this is the problem. Isn't it? We don't know why, and we're guessing as to why. And um, and we'll come on to the the the, the new way that they're, they're talking about stuff now. But I think that's one of the benefits of them doing the podcast and, and being more open with some of this stuff is that we're actually starting to find out the reasoning. Now, whether you agree with it or not, I think when you understand someone's reasoning, it's a lot easier to, to comprehend. But I think my guess there would, you know, is they're highlighting the problem. You know, that's what they try to do. They try to highlight the fact that there is, the pass rate isn't great and we would like it to be more, but, you know, show me an idea that doesn't want a better pass rate. You know, it's, 
we and I don't mean theirs individually, I mean whole of it. You know, of course yeah. you want people to pass. You know, I always I say joke, I think it's there's some honesty in it that, you know, by the time they're ready for their test, my guys are sick of me. You know, they're done, they want rid. You know, I think when they fail, they're more disappointed they've got to sit and carry me for another ten hours rather than than whatever. But I think you know, when I think of the the, the test sometimes you know, I think of this ready-to-pass campaign, and I look at some of my tests over the years, and this goes back, I think this was 2018 or 2019, and I had two tests in the same week at the same test centre. One of them failed. Zero driver faults, one serious fault. Uh, she stalled sort of, I can't remember the exact time, but it's like in the middle of the satellites, I think she, you know, she'd gone in there and then got herself installed and blocked the junction off, and it took her a little while to restart the car and get going again. She had a bit of a panic. That was the fault, and it resulted in obviously the blockage of traffic. So, you know, the examiner would have been right to fail her there. The same week, I had someone pass with five driver faults, all for stalling the car, but hadn't done it in that situation. Yeah, and it's a bit like well, she probably would have done. And I look at that and I think. Out of those two, I would have put that first one as more ready to pass based on knowing yeah. the student and also seeing how they do on a test. Mm. So, I'd, you know, and that's not a criticism of the examiners. They can only mark what they've seen, but it, I think it does bring into account, you know, as you said, the, the minimum standards. They've got a, a criteria you have to have to check, and if you don't check that, you, you're not ready to pass. And, and this is a thing. We... We know a lot of our guys that go are ready to pass, but that doesn't mean they will. So yeah. I think there's a lot of balancing going on here. I do like it. I know I've probably been a little bit critical there, but I really like what they put out. I think, I, yes, there, there's that opportunity where they could have made it less. Well, no, not less about the test, but shown examples of where it will benefit them after the test as well to show that it's not just about a test. The same emphasis, but show the other benefits. But I really do like what they've put here i i have one other criticism of the website and this is no disrespect to anybody because i don't know the person in the picture uh it might be a genuine picture but i would love to see the opportunity taken by the dbsa to promote i had a conversation with with um um I think it was with Jackie Turland, but it was with, with somebody from the DBSA, uh, reasonably high up, about trying to encourage more female instructors to come through. I'm going to interrupt you there, because as soon as you started talking, I scrolled up my iPad and I thought, I wonder what he's talking about, because I hadn't noticed it. And I just want to see if I'm thinking the same thing as you, and I think I am, because of what you've just said. But I looked and thought, yes, there's three male instructors on the, yeah. the thing. There's no, uh, not instructors, um, examiners. There's no female representation there yeah and and the, and the one that i think is an instructor in there um let's say he looks like us because that that you know think of an adi that's what he looks like like yeah he hasn't got elbow patches but it's too hot for them at the moment um i i just i just feel you know it's not important to the message it really i i just think you know Maybe if we're trying to put us in a good light, maybe it's misrepresentative. I don't know. Maybe I'll be in trouble. But I, I just think there was an opportunity there to at least, you know, throw in one of the the awesome female instructors that we've got, um, possibly one of the young 
instructors that we've got coming through where people are doing it as a, as a career choice rather than a retirement choice, which historically it was. Um, and that's changing. I feel like I'm nearer to the other end than the younger end nowadays. But, um, you know, I, I'm definitely feeling it. Um, but, uh, you know, bring in some, someone like that uh, and possibly even look at if they're looking to engage with, um, you know, the, the media channels that we've got in the industry more, um, bring in, maybe we can get some faces that people recognise a bit more um, and bring in some of the guys off of YouTube. You're, I would say yourself, but being that people listen to you rather than watch you, I'm amazed anyone asks for video content, but it's fine. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I have to look, look at uh, the lovely face in front of me. They're, they're, they're asking for it by choice. I just think maybe we could represent slightly more diversity. Um, you know, just, just let's let's bring it in. But you and I both know that sometimes it's hard to find that. I mean, putting me out there wouldn't be very diverse. <laughs> we'll say that. Right. But yeah, on on this picture, it's four white dudes. That that's Sue's on it, and, and yes, that is the appearance. And I don't want to go down the whole. You know, um, we shouldn't necessarily judge side of it but it's four white dudes there is a picture of what appears to be a female examiner where it says tips from driving examiners uh, talking can help on your test day um, and then with a picture of what appears to be a female there um, and it appears to be four white dudes throughout the rest of the thing but yes I, I would agree find a photo of a, a driving instructor uh, if you were to draw a driving instructor you would draw me or you essentially that's what yeah. you're drawing, and that's that's what's on there. Um, and I, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. But as soon as you started talking, I looked and I'm like, yeah, that's actually quite telling. All, all of the pupils seem to be um, be female in there as well. So I, I just feel it, it, you know, a bit, just a bit of diversity on the on the on the page. Yeah, you know, not necessarily going for life diversity specifically for that reason, but just in inside of that, if they want people to connect, let's make it more like more like them possibly. I don't want to go down this road too much, but it's some of the I don't think about because I'm the straight white dude. I'm represented everywhere. But, you know, it's some I'm seeing a lot more of with the um, – I know you're not a football fan, but with the Lionesses, you know, with them, uh, they're in the final. And I don't watch a lot of football. I've not watched a lot of this. But it's like I'm seeing girls talking about – I'm seeing who I want to be. I'm seeing these, these role models, these icons. And – People aren't seeing that, and I think that's what they need to see. You know, if if you were to look at this page, you know, you're probably thinking, are there no female examiners? Is there any point in me going for it if they don't take on female examiners? And I don't want to say I don't want to get too much into this, but uh, it's a it's a valid point. I think a valid point. Um, anything else on the the ready to pass campaign? Oh, uh, sorry, I did want to mention uh, the because you mentioned it previously about. The fact that asking ADIs to do it, and I've seen some criticism of, of asking ADIs to promote it, and I think the the thing there is, how can I put this? Um, you don't have to, you know, if you choose not to, that's that's fine. But just because you don't want to do something doesn't mean it's a horrendous idea. I, I think that if you completely disagreed with the ready to pass campaign and therefore didn't want to promote it, there was no problem in criticising the ready-to-pass campaign. That's a different scenario. But if if you're just complaining that the DVSA wants you to promote it, I think that's wrong. Because 
how else are they going to promote it? They've got 40,000 ADIs, um, of which I'm ranked 26,437. Um, you, you'll need to watch a video to get that joke. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, there's 40,000 AVIs, give or take. Well, imagine if 40,000 ADIs all started promoting it. I genuinely think that would affect the test rate. And I don't mean all of a sudden it'll go from whatever it is, 45%, 75%. But I'd like to think there'd be a few people that started seeing it and thinking, Do you know what? Maybe I'm going to pay a bit more attention to my theory. Maybe I am going to listen to my instructor because it's not just the instructor. This is the other thing. And I've been complaining about this for ages. I want some support from the DVSA. I want some backup. Well, they've given us a bit of backup by giving us these resources for mock tests. Whether you use them or not is up to you, but they've given us the resources. They've given us some backup with this ready uh, ready to pass campaign. You know, again, I know I was kind of picking fault at them before, and I was a definitely scroll back up trying to find them, uh, pick, picking fault at them before. But your driving instructor says you're ready. We we can't get more backup than that. It literally yeah. says on there and on the emails that they send out that. Your driving instructor needs to say you're ready. So if your driving instructor says you're not ready, you shouldn't be going for your test. That That's backup. That's support. It may not be all the support we want. It may not meet our exact criteria. I'm pretty sure there's 40,000 different sets of criteria available that, that we want. But that that's why I like it. Is it everything I want? No. Could it be better in my opinion? Yes. But it's backup and support, and I think why not promote it? Why not share it on social media? Why not send it to your students in, uh, individually and say, we've got your test coming up in four months. Have a flick through this. Um, and that kind of stuff. Use it to your advantage. And if you don't want to use it, it's completely fine. That's not a negative, but it's there if you do. I uh, Before we started recording, I said I wasn't going to have a rant, and I think I've just had one. <laughs> I think it's a very valid one. Um, and, and, you know, my- what what they're not telling you is if you don't share it, then you're more likely to get a standards check. Obviously, um, uh, I think following the, uh, the the recent podcast I released with with Graham O'Brien, I'm, I'm not sure how that affected my chances, but potentially after this one, they've increased again. <laughs> Who knows? Don't, don't criticize um, Love Day Rider in front of a room for the driving instructors because I'm still waiting for the brown envelope to turn up. So you're fine. You're behind me and with you. She keeps turning me down for the show. Um, uh, she, uh, she was, uh, you know, I would have liked to have her on at the, at the expo if she was my guest, but, you know, not to be whatever. Anyway, um, I've completely lost my trailer thought. Yeah, anything else on the Ready to Pass campaign? No. It does amuse me. I've got it on my screen and I keep pointing to it, which you can't see. <laughs> I keep pointing to it. Um, all right. So let, let's not dwell. Uh, we've been going for nearly an hour already. It doesn't feel it. Um, but let's let's speak a little bit about the way the DVSA promoted. Because I kind of touched on it then in that they're asking us for help. And that's what they're doing. You know, they did specifically ask ADI to share this Ready to Pass campaign. They're asking us for help. I think that they're trying to bridge that gap a little bit between ADIs, PDIs, and uh, the DVSA. I I don't think the gap is as wide as... Sorry. I don't think they realise how wide that gap is between ADIs and the DVSA. I still think they're trying to bridge it a little bit by 
asking for help by providing some of this stuff in the way they have. They didn't have to put on there, your driving instructor says you're ready. Mm-hmm. I go back to that. Um, but I also think they're doing the rounds on the uh, the podcasting. Now, I, I'll... Yeah, I'll say this. I kind of got in touch with her, the department that gave you. Well, I got in touch with Love Day Rider, uh, asking her to come on the show. And she politely declined, but put me in touch with the uh, their media department. And we've been in back and forth for a while. And eventually they put me in touch with Graham O'Brien, who came on and did the show. Now, Graham also did Dipod, as I mentioned before. So they're, they're actually being really open. And then we'll kind of maybe get a little bit more specific about the podcast in a second. But I liked how honest and open he was on, on both shows. And I like the fact that they're doing it because they haven't previously, really. They'll go out and do the seminars and the shows. And yes, I suppose it could be recorded, but it's not it's not for public viewing almost, if that makes sense. Whereas this is. I I think they have, but they haven't had the channels. I th- I think that's the thing that actually we've evolved further where the community is getting stronger and, and more connected. I still think we've got the a large percentage that are not connected, and that's what all of us are working towards, yourself, DITC. Um, it's what I've done. It's annoyed me from 14 years ago when I was a PDI and I set up the first Facebook group for driving instructors. Um, you know, That's why I started doing it, because there's this lack of connectivity. But it used to be that that message was at conferences. And so that was 200 people, maybe. So out of the, whatever the figures were, somewhere between 35 and 42,000, it's gone up and down. You're only talking to a very small number. But now they've got channels where actually the responsibility sits with us to listen because they are able to talk to potentially to everybody because everybody should listen and and those that are listening if you've got someone an instructor that you know or if you if you train pdis make the previous podcast the dvsa one the must listen for them because that will show them exactly what it's all about whether they like it or not um at least they will have learned from it like you know i say genuinely think it was it was what it needed to be um, and it was a better job than I would have done. So, um, it, you know, we need people who will hold the DVSA to account. And I know from having done, had dealings with them and, and work with them that the people from NASP um, do. Uh, I know you, you've had them on the show, uh, Carly from the DIA, um, Lynn Barry, um, uh, although it's not her, not her now, and... Um, and Peter from Peter Harvey from the MSA, they do hold them to account in the room. They do ask them to answer questions, but then we have to have the give and take bit, and it gets watered down, and and there's all those other factors. But we need people who hold hold them to account. Um, we need those things there. Uh, and and again, you did a cracking job. But um, I think that there's always wanted to be those communications from the people at the top end, the everyday driving instructor, and that's not a criticism, just as a, a way of labelling them, um, the, the, those that don't end up in the position of being able to talk to the people at DVSA head office or whatever it's referred to as, 
Um, they deal with the examiner. The examiners are as uninformed as we are in a lot of cases. Um, and therefore, that communication is weakened because we're not hearing it from the horse's mouth. Um, and so I think, yes, you know, it's, it's awesome. We need to step up and make sure it's listened to. So I think, and I'm sure you will agree, um, it should be not just yourself, but we should also be sharing Dipod. We should also um, be be sharing Mick, Mick Knowles, um, you know, podcast. And if we hear something good, let our colleagues know about it, whether it be your local association, which you should find out where they are and go along and say hello, whether it be in the test centre waiting room, because now we're back in them, we might as well keep warm and chat about something, um, or whether it be on your social media. In the same way, we should be sharing the ready-to-pass stuff. I think the communication only works when it's two-way, so we need to support that communication. I I, I think you're 100% right. Uh, we've maybe had different opinions on some stuff this episode, which is always good, but I think you're 100% right there. I think you make some valid points because um, as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, actually, they have made appearances on Dipod previously because obviously Dipod's been going for, for 11 years. I think... When I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking of more of, of what's coming. So, for example, um, the, they have recently started using their Instagram more. Yeah. And I like what they're putting up there. I, I do. I think it's simple and effective and, yes, a bit test-focused, but it's relevant and I think it's generally it's pretty good advice. And I kind of mentioned Sam before and, you know, whatever, but I, I like the fact that they've got this, this ADI in Sam Harper to – the, the, the mindfulness guru, if you like, to, to write blogs and, 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 you know, they're endorsing that and they're embracing that. And I think that, you know, there, there's some other initiatives coming out, which it seems to me that they're finding a few places and people to to latch onto and think, yeah, this is where we can, we can go. So I do think you're right, but I think that, yeah, I think that you're right, but they're now seeing that those channels are there, like you said, and then embracing it and going, yeah, we can do this. This is what we can do. And with, with San is a, is a really good example that that her work is, uh, there's evidence behind it. And I think what that inversely highlights is as driving instructors, there's not much in the way of evidence. And what the DVSA need for change is some facts and figures to work with because that's the arena that they're in, the political arena that they're in. So, you know, us supporting these things, not just the DVSA, but other, other avenues where people are doing research, where they're, you know, the, the DIA are doing a, do, are involved in uh, Driver 2020 and studying modular um, modular learning and, and different different approaches in that way. We need to support it. So we get facts and figures, and that I, I, as I understand it, and 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 I've heard a number of different reasons for it, it's the evidence that allowed them to then pursue mindfulness and the the benefits that it can bring. So, if we could get more of that, we we'll get more from the DVSA as well. So, it's all all about support, and and this is again when I refer to them in the minimum standards position, I do so in a supportive way um, that, yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's some 
very good people at the DVSA. The structure of the blooming thing frustrates the heck out. <laughs> but the the people there, um, I they, they are looking. They want to, but we need to give them the evidence to prove that it's worthwhile. That you know, even coming down to your local association meeting, they have to record how many people turned up. If you only get three, it's much harder to get them the permission to come back. So, you know, support your local association, support the podcast so that, you know, Terry can go back with with thousands of viewing figures and, you know, be able to say this is how many people have engaged. Um, they will then keep doing so because it works. The problem is when we're fragmented and, you know, you, I, I went to the Folkestone Association yesterday, um, you know, and, and I always feel very humbled every time someone wants to come and listen to me wax lyrical. Um, but, you know, they, they were saying how difficult it is to get to fill the seats because although people want to, everyone's busy, all these things are going on. If you don't support your local association and you don't support the things that are important to you or might be in the future when it goes wrong, they won't be there when you need them. So, yeah, I, I think that's where we need to get on board and we need to shout and we need to to, to offer the the appreciation as, as well. Because I, I, I get it. We do criticise occasionally, only occasionally. Um, I, I got told I never criticised the DVSA the other day. The DVSA I, I, shills, Chris. DVSA shills. Well, do, 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 have they listened to the podcast? Um, clearly not. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, let's go back and listen to the first half hour of this. <laughs> That's all I can say there. Um, it's one of the reasons, actually, why, because originally this green room, I used to put the first half out publicly and the second half out for the premium exclusive, and I realised that we always spent the first half hour criticising and the second half praising, so it just felt like we were being negative all the time, which is one of the big reasons why I changed that. But either way, um, let's just let's just touch on these podcasts. Then. And, and, you know, the reason I'm making a, a bit of a fuss about these podcasts is because, I mean, obviously I'm a big podcast fan. So because I'm a podcast fan, I'm going to, I know it's what's going on. And so it matters to me. And I think when stuff matters to me, I'm more likely to talk about it. But I also was impressed by the amount of time that, that Graham uh, was willing to give up. You know, he's recorded two episodes with iPod, which probably would have resulted in two to three hours worth of his time. You know, the the episode we put out, we recorded for 90 minutes. I think it went out about 125 minutes. Uh, uh, sorry, one hour, 25 minutes, not 125 minutes. Um, but we had a much longer chat than that. I probably spent about two and a half hours talking in total. That's a lot of time for someone to give up. And and that's, I think, part of the reason why I was, why I was impressed, the, the, that they are willing to come and give up this this time. And because it's not, I mean, you do it for, for the Instructor Podcast. You come and join me here once a, once a month at least where we, we have this chat. And, and it's the same with you. We usually record between an hour and 90 minutes, and then we'll talk for a bit afterwards. And it's like, you're giving up your time but this is your industry and that's not meant as a criticism. It's still praise, but they, they don't have to do it, but, but they are. And I think I was impressed by that. And I was also impressed with the, the podcasts themselves. Um, not just the, the, um, uh, the responses for, for, from Graham, uh, but from the, 
from the actual interviews and the, the, the podcast as a whole, I'm being very careful not to give myself self-praise here, which is why I'm stammering a little bit. But uh, I, I want to touch on those for a minute because there, there's a lot of information available from those podcasts. And like I said, there'll be another one coming out soon uh, from Dipod. So there's a, a lot of stuff that we can go and listen to and take information from. So I'll ask you about the Dipod one first, Chris, because I know you were a fan. Um, what, what did you gain from, from listening to Dipod? It was a very different podcast. It it was much more of a conversation. I, I you know I, I think if you in this note, I'm trying to think for people who haven't listened, the guys on Dipod and I know them all. Uh, I've been I've been on I think it was on there three times. Um, at one point, I I was like the the most visited person, but I don't know if that's been beaten. Um, and they've been going for eleven years, so you know. It, it, they've got their style and everything. Else. It's a bit like Top Gear. That if you don't like that dynamic between the hosts, don't bother watching it because it's not about the cars. It's about the dynamic between between the people doing it, and it's about that conversation that they're having and that kind of thing. And and for me, that that's it with Dipod. It it was interesting. There was a really interesting chat about uh, Cardington and and how things have worked and, and kind of the evolution. It, it was just for me personally a little bit reflective of what's happened in the past and critical of that rather than critical of what's going on now. Um, and you know bits of information and and it it didn't didn't tick my boxes, but. I'm sure other people will absolutely love it. I never really liked um, Top Gear, but I, I don't like saying it, you know, because I occasionally I ended up in the room with James May. Um, and <laughs> I, that would be embarrassing. But seeing as it's just you and I here, yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I think it, it's it's one of those things where you've got to enjoy the dynamic of it. Um, I, I think uh, that, yeah, that, it, it with your one, I enjoyed the dynamic of it far far more, and it, it, it ticked the boxes for me. I think it was an awesome benchmark of an episode, episode or or a subject for people to actually look at them and compare and see which one they like. They might like both, um, you know, and, and brilliant. You've got lots of gaps between lessons. You can tap into it. You could you can learn from it, um, and it was enjoyable. You know, it, it, I think, um, you know, Graham talks well. Uh, he's, he's an, an honest bloke. Um, the first time I met him was when the driving test changes happened. And it was, it's one of my early examples of how, when we understand why they've done it, it makes sense. And it was the pulling up on the right and the, the removal of the turning in the road. And, he came to our local association, I think it was, um, and explained, you know, explained the thought process behind it. And I'd walked in the door going, I'm really frustrated because I don't get why. And, and this doesn't make sense. Pulling up on the right. Stupid. It makes no sense. And then he said, imagine there's a lorry there and you've pulled up behind it. What would you, and I was like, yes, totally. I'd reverse back a bit and then I'd move off. I'd do that. And it made sense. 
the frustrations always why don't we get that in the, in the first conversation not the second one but yeah i you know I, I, that was that was my feeling of it the the conversation from him was was great and i thought the subject matter was great i i i if i'm honest with you which i always try to be um or i it it grated on me slightly what grated on you just the the the, the dynamic in the room in the, you know, on the recording, the, 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 the chat and everything. I, I just, I kind of wanted to get to the point. I think that's it. So you've said that they're making themselves available when they haven't done over the last however long. So there was an opportunity where he was available. Maybe, maybe I'm being really unfair. And on the next one, um, it, and, it, and they, they, they might address it and I might kind of go, that's what I wanted to hear. And I will listen to it to find out. Um, but I just, I, I think maybe it, that's it. Maybe I felt there was a missed opportunity to challenge a little bit, which I, I thought you did really well, um, w- without offending. Um, uh, just to interrupt, because I think I'm getting slightly conflated in what you're saying. Are you still talking about Dipod now? Or have you moved on to the instructor? No, the, the comparison between, between right. the two. The, the, I, th- I think that's where I felt, yeah, you know, maybe I, I listened to yours first. Maybe if I'd done it the other way around, I'd, I'd have walked away quite happy. But I just, I think I felt there was a missed opportunity to have some positive engagement about what's going on now. And what they were talking about was too reflective. But maybe the next episode will make a difference. Did Did you think that I... Um, challenged, maybe challenged is the wrong word, uh, but I'm going to go with it, challenged yeah. Graham O'Brien enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think you um, you spoke from, from the street, if you like, <laughs> the, the front line of driving instructors, the things that they don't, as we said before, they don't get to say to the people at the top end unless they happen to be at a conference and, and they're the one who, the one person who gets the question um, you know, and and it's never answered. It wasn't a conversation. I think you spoke for people, um, and I think you 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 asked the questions, and you didn't let it be. You you didn't pull your punches. You 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 were very polite about it, but you said this is why this is where we think I, th- I feel that I don't agree with you. The industry came away better off because there was an opportunity to challenge, and it was taken. In a really positive way, and and you you know you gave them kudos when they deserved it, and you said actually I don't agree when they when they don't, and you know so for for me that was what was important, um, but I'm just really aware that you know uh, maybe I just missed the point slightly with the dive pod um, episode, and I I still think everyone should go and listen to it because it might be exactly what they want. I think the thing we've got there where potentially for the DITC and the associations um, is they've got a resource that instructors come to you and uh, why this, why this, why this? You can then say, well, here, go go check this out, whether it's me, Dipod, whatever. Listen to this, you'll find out. And I think that that wasn't there before. And I, I think kind of touching on that, Previously, like you said, you go to the they go to the um, um, conferences or whatnot. 
you you could then repeat an answer back, but there's no resource for anyone. And I think there's now a resource for people, which is, is quite cool. And instructors need to hear it from the horse's mouth sometimes. You know, it doesn't matter that I say it, uh, that I, you know, I say, well, I've had this conversation, I think this. They, they want to hear it direct, and, and that opportunity is there. Um, and, yeah, but I also don't want to sit here and blow smoke up your backside because, you know, people will think you're paying me. No, um, there's and, no payment going on. No, I, I don't <laughs> even like him. That's the problem. That's why it's sticking in my throat. Um, no, he's a lo- lovely man. I think the, uh, the the thing there is there's two different podcasts. And as you said, people will have preferences. And that's that's why I appreciate that I'm the only podcast that does it, but that's why I promote the other Driving Instructor podcast because I don't want someone to listen to this podcast and go, well, he's a bit of a knobhead. Right, I, there's no for me. I want them to listen to this podcast, and hopefully most people don't think I'm a knobhead, but the people that do, I want them to go, ah, but he did say about Dipod. Right, I'm going to go check that one out. And then they go, listen to Dipod and go, oh, actually, yeah, this is good. Because not, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And, and I think that it's great that they've done both. And I think that was one of the things I've touched on before, because it would have been really easy to go, well, no, we've done Dipod now, and we've recorded for two hours with them, so we don't need to do anything else. Yeah. But as it happens, you know, I've got some great feedback. And I'm just going to take a second, actually, because I've been quite oh, what's the word, humbled almost with some of the feedback I've got from this episode. And it almost, you know, uh, from, from yourself, Chris, and from a few other people that have taken time to message me, Scott Cooper, uh, whose post I stole for the, the, the purpose of the podcast, mm-hmm. sent me a running commentary of while I was listening to the episode, which was brilliant. It was like, basically, you missed this point, should have done this, but then this was good. And, you know, it was really cool. And, you know, the DVSA have shared it, and the DVSA don't share much. And, you know, no. they've got and shared it. And, it's and you know, some of the feedback I've got has just been really, really nice. And, uh, yeah, so anyone that has taken time to uh, to do that, I, I do appreciate it because it did feel like a bit of a, I don't know what the word is, almost a moment. Um, and it was quite cool that I got to do it and uh, quite cool that we're going to do it again in future, which is awesome. Um, and I gave my premium guys the opportunity to um, – not unless you ask questions, put put forth ideas and topics and questions that I could bring in, and I managed to slip some of that into the conversation as well, which is uh, which helped me actually because it means I don't have to think of as much. And and I have to say, you brilliantly passed it off as your own. So yes. uh, you know, it's nice. I've learned from the master there, Chris. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't steal all of my good ideas from you. No, no. Some of them you steal from elsewhere. that's working as a community and that's what i'm all about stronger together i think is what they say um all right anything else you want to touch on for today's uh, episode um no i i think uh the the only thing that i keep being reminded is and i want instructors to hear it so they realize it's okay um yes it is still bloody difficult out there Yes, everybody is feeling the same and, and finding that, you know, it, it's, it's the unpaid stuff is the difficult bit. Trying to manage tests, trying to juggle lessons. That's always been a pain. But while it's in an unrestricted world, um, you know, sorry, while it's in a restricted world and we haven't got the flexibility we used to have, it's even more difficult. 
if you are finding that difficult, please talk to someone um, because I have had an increase of instructors doing so. I've also had an increase of instructors looking for ways they can improve and be better, which I wasn't getting since lockdown particularly, um, which, which is great because that means people are feeling either they need it or they've got scope for it. Um, so again, reach out and talk to somebody. Uh, always happy to take your calls and try and point you in a direction because that's what we do. Um, and you found one of the really good places because there's there's an awesome back catalogue of, uh, of podcasts to do so. So just just to acknowledge, take a moment to acknowledge that that life's not easy at the minute. Um, things are getting bloody expensive, um, and you know, yes, we need to respond to that, but we need to look after after each other and ourselves at the same time. So uh, apart from that, I think you know uh, ev- everything is put to bed, and we can we can enter into uh, the rest of August with a big smile on our faces. How much of that was said for my benefit? <laughs> because I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, actually. Um, no, I'm thinking about the uh, six unusual uh, or not the usual conversations that I've had this week that I definitely haven't had um, for a while before. Used to, and then COVID came along. Um, and there's just been, it's been on my radar that, you know, there there is there's still still some people suffering and, and after a while it goes you know it, it gets lost in the background noise and we need to acknowledge them and equally there's people desperate to go out and do um you know more in in the way of courses or upskilling or training um which i i hope is for positive reasons and not that they're feeling inferior for some reason they just want to do better well when we come to the end of the year and we do our, our last green room, which will do us like a review of the year, I'm just ignoring the first seven months of this year. <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't exist. Nothing occurred. We'll be reviewing <laughs> the last five months of the year, hopefully, and they'll all be good. Um, but yes, no valid point. Uh, I, I second and endorse all of that. Um, so yeah, we'll come to the end of today's show. As always, well I say always, only done one so far, but we are going to be uh, recording a Green Room Extra where Chris throws me a topic that I do not know what it is and uh, we have to discuss it. The last one provoked a very uh, unexpected, I think, response from me. Um, but yeah, this is exclusive to my uh, my premium members, uh, so you will get that. If you do want to get that on all other content, um, you can go straight to the Patreon account, which, if I remember correctly, is www.patreon.com forward slash instructor, or go to the website, which is easier, theinstructorpodcast.com. You can sign up over there. However, I'm going to leave you with one tip. Do not sign up today. Today is the end of the month. You'll be charged today and then again tomorrow. Sign up in August. That way you're not charged immediately twice i mean you're welcome to do it and pay me twice i'm not going to refuse that um but yes tip for you sign up in august because also my goal for this year i set some goals around numbers and one of which was to have someone sign up every month and so far i've had that every month this year someone has signed up to the premium uh, on some months i've had more than one substantially more than one which is awesome by the way but um yeah, so I want someone to sign up. So I want need someone to sign up in August. So why not make that you? Go and make my day, complete my goals. But uh, really appreciate you all listening. Really appreciate you joining me, Chris. I'll give a, a lash out and tell people where they can find you. It's been my pleasure. And you can find me, the best place is always at thedictc.co.uk. 
or uh, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I'm all you know, in various different places on there, so you, you can find me fairly fairly easily that way. Cool. And thanks for your time today. As always, it's been largely a pleasure. Thank you. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.